Oh man, I almost pressed the record button again, invalidating all of the effort. Ooh. I didn't, but it almost happened. And you know, like any member of the executive branch, I also count near disasters as successes. Like, man, think of how much worse things it would have been, have been if my <laughs> if my full incompetence had come to bear. It's like those old fucking Dragon Ball fights where the guy says, "This is only a fraction of my real power." Uh, generally, in shonen, that's just code for oh, so this is uh. It's going to be another couple episodes, isn't it? Should I just get comfy? Uh... Have we ever covered on this show, like, the moment that I just fucking gave up on Naruto when I was around 15? What was it? I feel like I've talked about this. Towards the very end of the Sasuke retrieval arc, right? And God, I'd been trying. I'd been trying so fucking hard with this show. Towards the end of the Sasuke retrieval arc, and it wasn't even a whole bunch of filler. It was just him refusing to pace out a fight in a way that <laughs> held my interest in any way because it's it is the final fight of this arc right and you've got you've got all that happening right you've got this fight happening and they keep they won't shut up and then <laughs> three quarters of the way through i get a multi-episode flashback of you know like the day that his brother killed his clan or whatever and i just i didn't care enough about this I just wanted to see them fight. That was the only fucking reason I was... Hey, man, they had some complex themes that required a lot of dialogue to exposit. Darkness versus not killing your family. They'd been fucking going on about this fucking dream match (laughs) for over a hundred episodes. And I sat through so much filler, so much bullshit, and once they get to the fucking fight in question, they can't even stay focused long enough to get through it. Anyway, that's when I abandoned Naruto, and that's when I abandoned all long-form shonen fighting anime, and that's, I think, why I appreciate Hiroaka as much as I do for it sort of redeeming the formula. I mean, it also had the benefit of coming out in the seasonal anime generation. The seasonal anime does not hurt, yeah. If they attempted to be continuous in the manner that all of its big three ancestors were. I mean, then we'd get Black Clover, and I I just never even began to give a shit about Black Clover. I'd like, I'd made that mistake plenty of times. I made that mistake with Naruto, with Bleach. I wasn't making it a fucking third time. Black Clover has a lot of problems before you get to the seasonal versus non-seasonal thing. I just sort of some page three issues. <laughs> Also, just anti-skills on main characters are... Oh, it's such a fucking hack. It's such a fucking hack job ass. You could do better than that. If you want me to make me wonder why I'm fucking here within the first three pages, that's it. That's why I never even gave the fucking magical index shit a shot, by the way. <laughs> I don't prime the hate mail cannons, but... You've got a negating right arm! Uh... Mm. I wonder if they did it first, though. Like, I want to... I want to... I don't think they did it first, because, for one thing, that's a series not very dedicated to originality. But it certainly is one of the most high-profile series to just put that front and center. Could be. Do you think they've done a fate stay yet where the main guy just didn't have a noble whatever, but, I don't know, his left testicle could absorb magic? I know that Shiro really sucked or something. Like, the original Fate Stay Night, Shiro kind of sucked. Bad Shonen is... 
I mean, I guess Fate Say isn't so much a shonen as much as shit, but whatever. Bad anime youth-oriented action shows are an interesting exercise in just heroic pluck and underdog sad. It's mostly one of those things that just fucking works in writing, right? Like, it's sort of hard to fuck up. But I guess everything is fucking execution-based. Because as I well, feel my eyes... Fuck-upable. Yeah, all things are fuckable. As I feel my eyes just melt into just the component jelly pools one sees in a fucking horror movie when someone puts their fucking thumbs through someone's eyes. That is the experience I have as Mr. Anti-Skills discusses his struggle. It has the anti-skill, yeah. Oh, I feel like Familiar of Zero featured that too, but don't quote me. All right, you have been quoted. Welcome to the Instagram excerpt, bitch. Oh, do you want to say anything, like, really offensive and, like, zero contextualized while we're at it? Fuck 12. Oh, wait, that's not offensive. That's just... Yeah, fuck 12. <laughs> that's right, people. Fuck 12. Is there a group that we can get to sponsor that? Like, just make a donation every time we say it? I think it's becoming... I don't know. Is that my Pokemon name? Like, fuck 12, use Hyperbeam? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't feel too great about monetizing that. That's fair, that's fair. We don't need to monetize the please don't shoot me in the face movement. It's it just is an unsavory prospect to me. I th- there are things there are things that I could monetize. That's definitely not one of them. As you wish, but this isn't all about the NYPD, because believe it or not, we did engage with some weeaboo shit this week. Actually this week's opening was weeb shit related, so I guess we're still on topic. So good job us, Sam. We're we're growing as hosts. And as people. And we've also, if I might editorialize for a second, been inside for far too fucking long. I'm not inside anymore. I'm going to work again. Ah, oh, congratulations. Well, I have become some kind of gopher. I don't hate going to work as much as I thought I would. Here's a fun thing. No one's on the subway. And that's great, because it means no one's holding the doors. So there's no delay. I mean... That's not the only reason there are delays, but it feels like it's taking me 45 minutes to get to work instead of an hour and 15. And that's not, that's not an insignificant. Is it really the subway if you're not getting that subtle perfume de urine going on, though? Yeah, that's the thing. It, it, it almost feels like I'm riding a completely different transportation system. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, say that this global catastrophe in which hundreds and thousands have died has made my life measurably better, but, I've lost, you know, like, 10 pounds. I've lost, like, 20 pounds. I, I can't front. I can't front here. <laughs> I look great. <laughs> I have these long, flowing locks. You know, my jaw is better defined than it's ever been. I am directly converting Texan and Brazilian lives into muscle mass. <laughs> Like, I'm fucking Starro over here. I'm going to stop now. <laughs> That's a DC Comics thing for you uh, one-dimensional nerds. I'm going to stop right now because this is in bad taste. And also, my fucking silhouette has never looked hotter. It is hard to look at the mirror in the corner of my room and not feel some faint arousal. Like, maybe that was a... A sort of bias in doing the dating sim content again this week. Like, maybe I don't just don't bend the way that they need me to. <laughs> okay, so I've been inside too long. And I think this episode is my fault because, like, first we did dating sims, then a high school romance, and now we're back to the fucking dating sims. Now we're back sims. to dating sims. One of... 
one of the <laughs> deepest, blackest weeaboo holes you can fall into. Last week, it was your fault. I think this week, it's my fault. It is your fault. And because of you, we are officially back to being virgins. Like, every date I've ever had is turning to dust and blowing away like they got snapped. It doesn't matter for me. It's just a curiosity. It's just, I could I could tell people, oh, by the way, you know what happened to me again? Everything matters, Sam. Emmy and Rin don't know shit. Everything matters. And as I sit here in the ruins of my own dignity, the only <laughs> one thing gives me any joy. You know what that is? That is the fact that other people finally hate the NYPD as much as I do. <laughs> That's the piece of my personal renaissance that I would just like to front load everything with. We're going to take a decent amount of time today, you and me, because you just finished it today, um, to talk about Rin's Root. You and me, we're just going to jaw about that. We're just going to dish for a little while about Rin's Root because I wasn't fucking ready for Rin's Root. Fair enough. This is a two-parter, folks. Um, In this episode, we are doing Katawa Shoujo for the first half. And another weird American visual novel production, Doki Doki Literature Club, which either means nothing or everything to you by name alone. I enjoyed Doki Doki Literature Club. I, I still think I like Katawa Shoho more, but I like Doki Doki Literature Club as it is just, it is one very well-told joke, more or less, to me. I think that whether you like Katawa Shoujo or Doki Doki more... Is based on when you see the ashes of a fallen civilization, you say, time to rebuild, or I did it, I finally did it. <laughs> I mean, it really, Katawa Shoho is a very, very Sam game, and Doki Doki Literature Club is a extremely Denard game. So, very true, they are definitely so this is, this is almost kind of perfect one. right here. You you are not wrong about that shit. So, Sam's already played this fucking game before, Katawa Shoujo. Once again, this is my first time exploring the routes with this fucker, and this week I did Rin, an artist, and Emmy, a athlete, which is a really one-dimensional and unfair summary of what they go for of both routes, and I was surprised before I go through anything else, just how different the strengths and weaknesses of these three routes are. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost feel like it's we it almost be kind of base for me to try to review all of these with one like summary them all with the same brush. Score. Yeah. It helps to remember that they're all written by uh, a couple different writers. Like, every every uh, route had its own writer. And uh, thus, um, the characters are fairly consistently written throughout them, but, like, there are little differences here and there. Like, you, you um, Emmy's route is the only route um, in the game that has any sort of profanity in it. You'll get, like, every now and again, you know, someone will say, God damn it, in someone else's root. But, you know, that is uh, the most consistently R-rated in terms of language. Just because that particular author just decided to do it like that. Yeah, there is, like, a striking stylistic divergence between all three of these. It's almost like an anthology film where everyone was told they had to use the same fucking outline. I, I always really like that about it, this sort of how there are various events that happen across various different routes. Like, you know, Emmy and Rin will always go 
you know, for that picnic and it will rain, right? And either you're there or you're not. And the letter from Iwanako will always arrive in all five routes. You know, Lily will always go away for a week, right? And it either matters or not if you, you know, are on her Hanukkah's route or not, right? I I like that. I sort of like that there are these little outside things that influence, you know, the um the timeline it in this uh in this game and you know, the the more of it you play, the more interesting it gets. It really is interesting, and uh, I do like that you get different angles on... There's this thing that fucking happens in this. If you haven't played uh, this 4chan 10%, 5% pornographic... 5% pornographic... Say 5%, yeah. If you haven't played this fucking 4chan 5% pornographic narrative dating sim, because, I don't know, you have a job that you actually care... I mean, I care about and love my work. Isn't that right? Are you listening to this podcast? Because if so... There are laws. But as, <laughs> as I was saying, in this extremely litigious phase in American history, <laughs> in which all exploitations of balances of power will just explode in a company's face like a grenade. You hear me, motherfucks? All right. <laughs> Moving forward. I guess I should pick out some specific things that were... Similar that I liked all these. I enjoyed that you get to see different angles on what's going on of Kenji and Yuko. Oh yeah, that's fun. You 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 don't get the full story until you've played all five routes. Like this one route where she says, "Oh, I used to have this relationship with this younger person. It really didn't work out." There's another route where just this whole Pink Panther book theft case is playing out. One great little bit is that in two different routes, right? Um, Kenji will tell you. A, stop going to the library, and B, stop going to the tea house. And you know what these two places have in common. Yep. Uh, so that's that's fun. You, you get to play, like, detective across multiple timelines. I think at this point I have to do Shizunes at some point, because Misha annoys the crap out of me every time, and... If it's as strong as the others, there'll be some contextualizing element that maybe makes those moments more interesting. Yes, there is. Most people like her more than you do, so I think you'll find you have a different experience than them. I was thinking about that. I think there's a thing in these visual novels, or at least specifically the dating breed of them, Mm -hmm. where a lot of your tastes in just people and plots will color how you perceive certain elements more than it might otherwise. Uh, sort of like how I, like, Shizune's was my favorite route, you know, when I was a younger person, and now Rin's is probably my favorite route. Yeah, yeah like, all the little ways you've matured or acquired burdenesses, I think, will color certain things. Uh, these things ask you to pick up the basic proposition that, you know, pretend this is fucking you. Mm-hmm. I think I liked the Rin route as much as I did because I identified with Hiseo's anxieties a little bit more in that route than I did in others. Just sort of his, um, I, the two of us were talking about this uh, a couple of days ago um, when I was talking about how I have a whole lot of anxieties related to time and the idea of there being too much of it in the rear view mirror and the time that I have right now is being, um, robbed by this thing or that thing or whatever and i'm finding it like very um 
very difficult to live in the right now, right? And that's basically the entire fucking lesson that Haseo sort of has to learn throughout Rin's route, right? Is just to sort of take things as they are and live in the right now. Just be, as, you know, Rin sort of says in Act 1 to him, right? That That is, I love that because she's basically just giving him the entire lesson. Just, just be. You don't have to overthink it or think too hard about where you are or this person who exists at the other end of like this giant gulf and you love them, but you mm-hmm. cannot understand them. Um, sorry. I really, really like Rin's root a whole lot. I, it, a whole lot of it just resonated with me on multiple different levels. It was just firing kind of on all cylinders for pretty much all of it this time. I think the last time I played when I was much, much younger, um, I liked it. I thought it was well-written, mm-hmm. but like, God, I was, I had not gone through a whole bunch of the stuff that I have gone through. So right now you're making me worried that I've emotionally regressed. Because in my comparison of these three routes, right? Mm-hmm. I ended up liking all three, so I won't be able to uh, make any of my amazing negative similes about how this route is like snorting vomit. <laughs> <laughs> the fascinating thing to me in Rin's route was I liked the dialogue more. I like the thrust of the plot more. I like the treatment of side characters more. But the fucking fascinating thing was I just was not actually that invested in it as a romance. Which is crazy. And it kind of makes me think about that thing I was talking about earlier. Like, you enter these visual novels, regardless of, like, execution, just the proposition that it's mm-hmm. you. And maybe this is a shallow thought, and I'm not taking this away from the thing, because it, it is probably just the best structural writing execution route. Uh, yes, also, I think... I think the art's a little bad. They just, like, have more assets, whatever, but... Uh, the, there are different artists on different routes. I think Shizune's artist ends up being the best one. But I have this base... That's not a problem, maybe just changes my relationship with material. Thing mm-hmm. where I think that when I am dating someone like Rin, I just bail. <laughs> well... All right. Uh... <laughs> That's a, this is like one of the most like first person like performance possible. And obviously, you know, dramatic lies. You, know, you just put yourself in this character's logic. Mm-hmm. But when you're trying to go for this immersive first person romancing, I guess there's always that bias. I mean, I guess that's the whole thing why these things have so many routes and why they basically try to cover the full spectrum of personality types because they want to hook you with one of these like a fucking I don't know fish on a line, right? Yeah, absolutely. So they need and to like, find your species I, of bait. Again, um. I do maintain that I believe that while Rin's is the best route, Shizune is still best girl. Because the really tragic fucking thing about Rin's route is that in most fucking timelines, I just do not see the two of them working out in the end. Hey, hey, I'm sure they will work out for at least three more days, dude. The devs actually did come out and say um, that, like... Every good end comes with a sort of, you know, asterisk. They're just like, and they lived happily ever after. And because apparently you, you all needed us to tell you that. People are fucking weird. Like, you can't leave any space in an opening without some chucklebuck talking about, I don't get it. Oh, God. Wait until you fucking play through Shizune's route. Honest to fucking God. Um, no, the, um, so, so Rins, right? You, you're left with a whole ton of doubt at the end. And I kind of, like that doubt 
you're left with doubt that, you know, you can continue to sort of make this work. But, like, with that doubt comes just this impossibly strong sense of hope. That And, like, that's why I think that that second H scene is as fantastic as it is. It's just that it... It's like something impossible is happening um, in that scene. And it's transformative and transcendent. What happens between those two characters? Busting out the big critical tease. Busting out the big critical tease, yeah. I like what this game brings out in you, Sam. It is my favorite single scene in that game. With me, I am with some of the developer interviews in that I almost wish this was written in a way where either around those things or they didn't have to happen, but I... I thought that more than the other ones, the Rin route did integrate those into the emotional progression, I guess. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. It does have the best edit of any of them. Neither of them felt gratuitous at all. One of them felt, like, kind of disturbing and, like, oh, God, this is kind of fucking wrong what's happening here. And, like, like that's what... Exactly. That's what you're supposed to fucking... Sam's engaged. Uh, it was it was great. It, it it just felt like the the lowest point that both of you reached throughout you know this entire thing, where you're both just um so fucking out of it and have you know driven yourselves like half mad, and this is sort of just this expression of how frustrated you both are with you know yourselves and with one another. It's not that you're taking it out on one another. It's just that it is this great expression of not discontent, discord. Yeah, this expression of discord. Oh, yeah, I thought that these two sort of uh, showed two extremes and how people uh, gun at sex when it's not just for uh, shits and giggles and one is just sort of a exactly, self-serving yeah. diversion and the other is a type of catharsis. And obviously, you know, there are other things that happen, but this is interested in this spectrum, I guess. Exactly, yeah. I definitely don't want to take away from the other roots and, you know, the, the sort of age scenes present in those because, again flaming ace that I am I thought that pretty much every single ace scene in this game was really really good on a level beyond just you know how erotic it is I think I would have pitched like three of them but I think that I just no I think what bothers me with some of the other ones outside of the two we were talking about Mm -hmm. is that honestly to me it just feels like you throw the brakes on the train all the fucking conductors take a little maracas and say, it's party time. We said there was a party <laughs> description. Hey, it's party time. Look, tits. You love tits. <laughs> this might sound weird, but I think I would actually rather it happened either consistently or not at all, rather than just park the car. We'll be here for a while and then just chug back to the fucking narrative that. I don't know. Like in my experience, at the very least, or before I had sort of figured myself out, right? When I was still sort of after that sort of thing. It's not too far off from sort of how uh, how that goes in real life to an extent. I mean, yeah, just maybe a little bit more poetic license, certainly. Because, you know, at the end of the day, if you transcribed reality into fiction, it would just be boring and repetitive. But Except when we hit those World War things and you've got this uh, very space opera thing going on. Exactly. But in, in, in this case, right, I think if anything ever felt gratuitous, if, if I had to pick one, uh, one gratuitous scene, I don't know. I, would th- <laughs> I think it's probably the Emmy fucking scene with the, uh, in the shed, but that's just funny. No, no, that's essential. You see, I have bad priorities. and <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the one where Rin bursts in. That's a funny one. Oh, yeah, the shed is probably- Oh, that was really funny. Yeah, yeah the, shed, you, the shed is sort of a take-or-leave one, like kind of... 
funny. Infinite memes from that one on just like a straight. Oh god, yeah. Google. I was um after they released the full version of this game in 2012, I was still on Reddit at that point. I left Reddit last year. Healthy. One of the best decisions I've ever made. Yeah. Dude, you just added like six years to your fucking life with that. Honest to fucking God. I like I, I wonder how many I lost uh while I was there because I was on it for what, like eight years? God. So when the full game got released, you know, eight years ago, that was, I think, the main meme for a good long while. Just the Emmy face. You know the one. Yep. Yep. <laughs> By the way, thought we might get sucked into a Rin hole, so I just wanted to talk a bit about the comparative strengths and weaknesses of these. It's interesting. The Emmy one is, and I think by design, almost the most straightforward. Like, if you just do not know what you are doing with one of these in any way, shape, or form, she's one who goes, hey, you, I think you're cool. And your borderline tismal ass can, can go, okay, I'll go down the tutorial bunny slope of this whole VN thing. <laughs> it's like, okay, go in here. I don't know. Don't punch her in the face or call her fat or something. <laughs> You'll make it through all right. Like, I, when I did my original run, I called Lily the most bulletproof route, but I think that Emmy's thing is pretty unfuckupable. You haven't played Shizune's route yet. And I like, I think we went into this uh, a couple episodes ago, but Shizune's route has one choice. Just one. <laughs> and boy, did I mash the... Oh, oh, the different thing. So I talked about the risk thing, not the is it a good idea to cheat on her her best friend? Yeah, just, <laughs> just hey, maybe don't do that. Maybe don't. Maybe don't. Maybe things will go well if you don't do that. I was interested in sort of three different gears of humor in this because I am drawn to jokes as a jokey joke man. Mm-hmm. And and you saying they essentially go for a rom com? It's the most straightforward sense of humor, and that sort of pairs. With it having the sort of the most straightforward characterizations. Speaking of characterizations, okay, this is more of a plot thing, and I'm not gonna try to overdunk this because it's like I, I get the whole picture works, but this thing put way too much dramatic weight in the revelation of this guy who they have screamed is dead in every way except spray painting on the wall, like visiting his grave as like a cathartic moment or like a big emotional turn. I mean, it's sad, but. I think they were expecting me to be more surprised by the revelation that he is indeed dead uh, than I was. I guess a twist or a reveal is always a dramatic gamble, right? Because there is a spectrum when it comes to a surprise between uh, not making sense and tilting your hand. It's why writing jokes is really hard, actually. Like, how much information do you yeah. put in the first half? And I guess if I were to criticize this one, they definitely tip their hand. On the other hand, it makes sense. It's cohesive. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you have to fail in one direction, I, I prefer that to it feeling random, which is why I guess I don't like SmackDown anymore, but... <laughs> I think if I were given, I guess you could say, like, editorial privileges over this, right? Uh, I think the, the change that I would make was you have it be just this elephant in the room. Like, you're told or you figure out pretty early on that... You know, Emmy's father died in the car crash where she lost her legs, right? Mm-hmm. And then it just keeps being this thing that she's just not fucking open to talking about. Uh, because that, you know, her sort of avoiding stuff is sort of part of the problem in her route, right? So I think if you'd kind of folded it into that, right, instead of having it be a reveal, just have it be just this thing that is known 
and somewhat understood and not fucking talked about because that's that, that's haram right there for me, <laughs> right? Then I think it would have felt less like a untwist and at the same time would not have at all run the risk of, you know, coming out of nowhere or anything like that. Just sort of um having it just be this uncomfortable thing following you around. I think I do not pit make any presumptions, right? Because, you know, like doing this, writing this, there's a whole fucking process involved, right? And I'm not going to like say that I could do any better or anything like that. But I do think that a good way of avoiding the issue of is it too obvious, is it too surprising, is you either nix it entirely or you just, bam, like give the information right now and have the, um, have its presence be more suspenseful than anything else, right? It's like the difference between... Uh, so you prefer more of a sort of Damocles kind of approach? The sort of Damocles, you know, the bomb under the table, yeah. Like, um, instead of foreshadowing it, right, you just have it be there. Oh, and then he, like, spends the game fretting, like, when can we actually talk about this fucking thing? Uh, yeah, and then you just have it be really, really uncomfortable throughout the whole thing. And it's just sort of, it, it, like I said, it just kind of sits there in the room with you being a problem, being the problem. I think that's a fair patch to it. And the thing is that it already is, right? It already is sitting in there in the room being a problem, but they also seem to be trying to kind of fold this, um, you know, like Hiseo had not figured it out or it's a surprise or a twist or, you know, a, a reveal. Actually, I guess the big problem with it isn't just... Okay, so once again, it goes back to that it's you thing I'm sort of fixated on with these, right? Mm-hmm. Because if I've figured something out and Hiseo hasn't, it just sort of gets... It's like one of those fucking video game fights where you kick a boss's ass and then in the cutscene he uppercuts you once and you crumple. <laughs> I'm just saying like, I, uh, knew, I knew her dad was dead. What is this bullshit? Yeah, I think um, in the game's defense, I think that was the only time that it happens. Um, in my experience uh, across the routes. I mean, other than one or two, you know, just dramatic tension. Like, you have to have dramatic conflicts. People have to make fucking mistakes. Otherwise yeah, absolutely. You don't have a story. By the way, if I could veer into the uh, comedy half of the comedy criticism formula here for a second. Certainly, yeah. This route, and Rin to an extent, really did remind me of one of my uh, flaws as a dating human being. Which is that I looked at the situation where there is this giant problem Emmy has, she doesn't want to talk about it, but she just smiles about selling anyways. Like, what? Then it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. We got to talk about these problems. <laughs> You're both smiling and screwing and telling jokes. Isn't that the entire content of a relationship? Sending sending stuff down into the Irish place where you don't have to think or talk about it for the next, you know, T-minus eight years. Yeah, you just... Just don't be there. Just don't be there at the end of year eight. Just be somewhere else that week. Just push it way down. Have a screaming argument with someone else. That is what love is, people. It's when you have the screaming argument with, like, your boss or your friend or a random homeless man who turns out to know a little <laughs> boxing, so you've kind of got to use a little grappling to even the score. <laughs> and you're in Atlantic City, and then the cops run after you for a bit, but they're the APD, so they're not really that dedicated to catching you. And you go back to your college group because you're on this sort of uh, community service tour. And you think they don't know what's going on, but sometimes they look at you for too long and you realize they know. They know. Yeah, that was wild when that happened to me. <laughs> yeah. You know how Sam goes. <laughs> and I think it's a good sign if... 
know, it's very easy to play one of these in a very cynical, non-engaged mood, especially when you're a very cynical, non-engaged person with me. I think that's why you feel like it's a minor miracle that I enjoyed this fucker in the first place. Yes, I was not expecting you to. Uh, it, it, it actually delights me that you do. And I think it's like to the thing's credit that I'm with it on that frontier. <laughs> Between Rin and Emmy, I definitely would say that Rin probably comes across as the stronger overall experience. I appreciated the specific lightness Emmy singing, but I think it has some just sort of dialogue level problems sometimes, but every now and again, yeah. I think um like there are hiccups in it that didn't really exist in the other two to my memory. I bought their courtship a whole ton. And it, it like it is to the roots infinite credit, right? That they have the chemistry that they do. Uh and a whole lot of the flaws end up being um not as annoying as they might have been because I kind of believe these two's chemistry. But on the other hand, fuck me, man. Rin's root. <laughs> and just having these feelings hang over it the way that it does. Actually, if I could put a sort of glib button on the relationship between these two. Mm-hmm. I think like a good show or book, or a certain type of good show or book, Rin's route is also about other things, capital O. Yes. Whereas absolutely. Emmy's route is very much a dating sim route. Exactly, yeah. Uh with, you know, some other stuff going on, but like Rin's is <sighs> There's a bit more there's a bit more vision at work. R- R- Rin's has got like some ideas behind it, certainly. That actually has alienated more than one um not viewer player, more than one player uh from her route who sort of um kind of see it as a little bit ponderous and pretentious. I am I guess in this case Glad that they have not been as depressed and alienated as I have been, as I needed to be to sort of get this route. I mean, as these genres build sort of legacies and histories, people do start walking into things of expectations, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember there's this martial arts movie I loved and a lot of people loved and a quarter of martial arts fans that watch it fucking hate it. And it was Hero. And it's because it just takes a really slow pace with some of the fucking subplot people in this whole Wuxia's tale. If you're a martial arts fan, you are sort of just conditioned for back to front. There is the violence. Yeah. And I think that is kind of the Rin issue some people will have of, hey, I came to have this emotional itch scratched. Oh, and then it just spends the entire route kind of frustrating you. Yeah. Not only frustrating you, but it spends time talking about art and shit and does it matter what is art, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You're just here to date cute girls. You don't necessarily care. Exactly, exactly. Rin and Lily's arcs are actually on the opposite sides of a kind of spectrum, come to think of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like without a doubt. Because Lily's thing is all high emotion and very plot plotty. Like, it is very much about the events that happen. Mm-hmm. And the whole Rin thing is this whole interior world. And there isn't a wrong answer per se. And once again, the glib button on it. Yeah. Lily's thing makes for a better waifu or what have you. Or more fuzzies in your stomach. And you have the big sort of release at the end, yada, yada. And if that's what you're in for. And I totally get it. Because once again, this is a fucking dating sim. Yeah, let's just do what you gotta do, you know, to get your serotonin. 
But I was impressed, I guess, during the entire Rin thing that there was actually other shit going on. And there's this whole teacher trying to project his old failed career onto the student. Once again, I liked what this did with its secondary cast a little more. Also because I find a Hanako annoying as balls. Fun fact, one of my goals for this fucking episode was to play through Hanako's route. And I started and I sort of drifted off. It's fine. Hanako's route is fine. The last episode that we talked about this, I said that I did not have a least favorite route. I guess it's Hanako's. Like, it's it's all right. There's nothing too amazingly special about it to me. I don't know. Like, I, I'm sorry if you were a Hanako fan. You know, whoever happens to be listening. She's just... The route's pretty good. It's all I can really say about it. I'm never bored, certainly. The shrug cosmic. But there's just, like, nothing as exceptional about it as there is about all the other ones. You know, like, the the great chemistry present in, you know, Emmy's root. Uh, the wonderful drama there in uh, Lily's root. The really interesting kind of um, character stuff that's there in uh, Shizune's root. And these sort of meditations there in uh, Rin's root. And the kind of um, conclusions that it draws about being close with people or with other people, like especially people who you don't understand. And Hanako's route is about not white knighting, I guess. Um, and like, yeah, very, very good lesson. It is. Uh, and I, st- I don't know. Hanako felt the most like a character to me. I mean, Hanako is sort of a composite of things, a certain type of weeb likes and maybe that's a little mean i'm not saying you're like a fucking latent groomer if you like the hanako route despite what the headlines as of late but what the fuck happened like everyone everyone is doing it why why jesus i don't (laughs) learn a fucking language instead it takes about as much time and effort you got Duolingo. I know that the owl is annoying, but you know what's really annoying is going to prison because you groomed a series of 15-year-olds. I, maybe that one just feels more egregious because, I don't know, normal non-serie, at least those guys are like paratroopers in and first in, last out, whatever. The grooming thing is such like a time investment. It's like a fucking zen garden that dehumanizes another person. Yeah. For those of you who um, have been more focused on the political world exploding just for some reason in every sub niche of entertainment like all the sort of really genre stuff from fucking wrestling and gaming whatever just for some reason every groomer in north america just had the table flipped on them at once i shouldn't say at some reason because we are all inside little pressure cookers right now because of the wider political thing or whatever but it's just been weird i mean it definitely does not seem like a coincidence that it's happening now yeah it's a it's a busy chapter in the textbook one thing that I will say is that Hanako's route seems designed to turn the tables on you. You know, if you're you're there for, you know, like the whole protect thing, the idea is that that's how you get the bad end is by acting like that. Uh, and she has a pretty legendarily, like, whew, bad end. Oh, jeez. You know, the, the good end is sort of what you get when you try and, you know, step away from that, right? And it's fine. It's good. It's like, it's, 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 it's decent catharsis. Good on them, good on them. No failing grades, no failing grades. I definitely would rate all of these routes at the very least like a B minus. I think I think Hanako's gets a B minus. You know, Rin's gets like 
S plus. It's so fucking good. Um, everywhere else, you know, gets, you know, high B's, low A's. I don't even know why I'm assigning ratings here. It's, it's fun. It's not that it useful, people. really. I just, just look A, not minus, not plus, but A for Shizune's route. For my button on this one, I'll compare the routes to different experiences. So this might be a side effect of this being one I parceled out more than I binged it, but Lily's thing was just like a soap opera I tuned into every day for a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like I said, steamy romance novel. Which was amusing and I guess a different flavor of food for me. I liked that. Mm-hmm. Rin's thing felt like a book I would actually read and finish. I'm a notorious halfway through over the shoulder chucker. Oh, yeah, it felt like um a little bit like Norwegian Wood. Like, you know, one of the less weird Murakami novels. Oh, I'll, to, I'll check that out. I'll check that. I still have not read a Murakami thing. And as the intersection between, like, weeaboos and MFA people, that feels like some kind of personal failure, right? Like, I should have just dived into that water by now. Hanako is literally reading Dance, Dance, Dance in one scene in her route. So it's clear that someone on the writing staff is a Murakami fan. So I have to wonder if that has had anything to do with um with Rin's route at all, because Rin's felt like somewhere halfway between a weepy shit anime and a Murakami novel. And as for Emmy's route, we had a family movie night, right? Mm-hmm. Like me, my mom, my sister, my dad's. A, let's not talk about him. But yeah, me, my mom, my sister, and <laughs> out of the movies, my sister would pick, which were a just followed a reliable mode of a sort of funny, meet cute, some jokes, complication, resolution. It would just be like one of the strongest one of those. Okay, yeah. You ever had a good sandwich? It's just simple parts. <laughs> Oh yeah, I've had I've had some fantastic sandwiches in my time. Like honestly, God, a few of my favorite things I've ever had have been sandwiches. So yeah, yeah, that was a good sandwich. Also, halfway through the sandwich, they go balls deep. Balls deep. I don't know. This the, the, the pornographic element of this thing is still very amusing to me. But yeah, that's my uh, Katawa shoujo experience. Also, man, I really must have evolved past my high school contrarian because I think. God, I think high school would have just come in and pretended to hate all this shit just to get a rise and look cool. Wouldn't have put it past you. Wouldn't have even put it past college you. Oh, yeah. I think I would have come in like, hey, so today I found out how virgins think dating works. Isn't that funny, Sam? <laughs> and, and then, yeah, just bitter fucking, you know, 23-year-old Sam. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Denard, I love how I brought you this thing to engage with, and here we are doing this bit again. <laughs> here we are doing this fucking dance, the same fucking dance. <laughs> we have truly been through some narratives. God. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's been a long, strange trip, hasn't it? I still have trouble contending with the idea that with all the weird shit I say and do, that I'm still a lighter version of myself. Like, I've settled down. I'm rocking back and forth on the farm. It's an interesting thing to think about, for certain. I think I ask you every couple of years, you know, like, how I have changed exactly. Like, I think it was only recently that I stopped being all like, oh, who am I? Who is Sam? Like, because at this point, I just, I more or less know. It was a very kind of mid-20s thing, and now I'm in my late 20s. But as far as you, like, it is very interesting to think that 
there is a Denard sort of in the rear view mirror who's just like like other Denards, but more so. <laughs> <sighs> That's right, everyone. We can't do Jim Cornette anymore, so it's Dan Carlin impersonations all day, every day. So I played a game. I played a game about a literature club. Except that's not really what it's about, is it? Now, take if you will. You've just been, your entire life, just in the warm pool of the visual novel. You have your wife who archetypes, and you load a new one in. You recognize several of them. There are expectations that you uh, that you begin to have. Uh, there are uh, sort of patterns that you sort of get stuck in, right? And then, what you know as reality takes a fat, diarrheic shit. <laughs> oh, so the second fucking thing, Doki Doki Literature Club. So this this time it's me bringing something new to the table. The feast we have set up here. I fucking love this thing. I So this is my first time playing Doki Doki Literature Club, although, as is the case with a lot of things, its reputation kind of preceded it for me. I had some thoughts about it. Uh, Doki Doki Literature Club is Undertale for serial killers. (laughs) Doki Doki Literature Club is the I Eat Kids gag from Gravity Falls, except it's seven hours long. (laughs) I have this suspicion, right? I am convinced that Doki Doki Literature Club was made as a deathbed gift for Charles Manson. Like, I checked. He died a month after it came out. It would bet it is the last time he ever came. I don't actually know if I have too much to say about Doki Doki Literature Club other than, like, it has one mission and it fucking gets there. That's fair. That's fair. Well, you know, there's a lot maybe to dig into with Katawa Shoujo stuff. Uh, Doki Doki Literature Club is a lot more like Space Mountain. Uh, exactly. You get online, yeah, like it throws you for a loop. You get up like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, context here. Um, Doki Doki Literature Club takes the medium of the visual novel to make the most fucked up half parody half horror thing it can in a four hour span of time i would say i don't even know if it's supposed to be parody but not I, parody actually the kind of laughter that you get during it is just the kind of i don't i don't like think either of us were supposed to be laughing denard <laughs> i think we were just supposed to be horrified but i couldn't stop laughing <laughs> i couldn't stop laughing at the infinite fucking chasm and, I mean, that's a thing that happens with a certain type of horror. Like, I think whenever you go for the sort of mind-screw reality fuck thing, and it works, just one of the human defense mechanisms for those situations, a joke basically is subverting expectations, right? Mm-hmm. Like, set up information, bend. And that basically just is what mind-screw horror bits are, just introduce info, tear into 14 pieces, shove it up someone's nostril. (laughs) Yeah, base concept here. Very stock dating sim setup. Like, you join Literature Club. It is full of four girls. They have the four anime girl personalities. Which one will you go for? And it doesn't really matter, because ultimately you don't actually have much choice in this game. They all sort of lead to the same place, near as I can tell. Oh yes, the one that is the uh, sort of high school uh, domestic goddess is literally God. The god of this reality, only she is in a cage because she is a dating sim character. 
and has learned that she is a dating sim character. And sort of once once you realize this, it sort of puts everything else that has happened into context. Like she, she explains what she's done. What happens, right? The first time you're playing this, right, is the um is your childhood friend love interest becomes more and more suicidally depressed as the route goes on, and the, the route culminates with her uh, taking her own life, which is explained again and again to be something that should not have fucking happened. Like, yeah, the game is actively being fucked with as you are playing it. Like, this is wrong. All of this is wrong. Everything starts glitching out. Things are wrong. Everything's fucked now. The entire game is like the word no start in tiny print in the corner of the screen and if it just gets larger i um would like to check real quick to see the runtime of a certain album it is 65 minutes and two seconds long i wonder if you could do a um a run of Doki Doki Literature Club in 65 minutes and two seconds, because that is exactly how long the downward spiral is. <laughs> uh, because especially when you start finding special poems, I just start poems. hearing the fucking just eraser in my head. Just... All right, so we've been spoiling the broad thrusts of this. Very specific spoilers going forward, because I... I can't not talk about this shit. My favorite thing mm-hmm. in this entire game, more than any of the reality-shattering horror things, more than any stabbing blood thing, more than the screaming horror, more than people fading from existence, is just the poem from Natsuki that's just a secret note saying that she's fucking worried about Yuri and thinks she's going to do something <laughs> violent And she's scared and doesn't know what to do. And I'm just there like, no! No! <laughs> No. If I have a favorite moment of this game, I think it's the um, five seconds or so that your cursor is, I think, unintentionally transformed from, you know, the little click mouse, you know, arrow thing to the glitched out face of your dead friend (laughs) for about 15 seconds, a couple, a couple dialogue screens, and then it goes back to being a mouse just in time for you to believe that you were imagining it and i saw it happening and i'm like oh you son of a bitch this stuff is so good and despite all the craziness of the stuff we're describing here they actually pace out these walls are made of spiders moments pretty well in the second decently well yeah nothing's perfect and they are like sort of tapping there's like saying let's wrap this bitch up but it isn't just lobbing everything out at once to try to force no, reaction. Yeah. It uh it it pays it out pretty well and it um <laughs> Although here's the thing, once the Emperor, you know, descends from his palace, you know, in his new clothes, like you, you kinda know what you're in for, for 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 the rest of his procession, right? Yeah, the Emperor's new clothes aren't transparent. They are there, they are made of entrails. <laughs> entrails that spell out why don't you love me? I, I yeah, exactly. Like once once that first shoe drops, both shoes kind of drop, and you're just sort of just trapped there, just watching the rest of the game play out in front of you. I <laughs> I think I was most impressed with the game during the scene right after Yuri stabs herself to death, and you have to spend the entire fucking weekend trapped in a dialogue box with her. That was 
and it was just fucking artful and the only fucking way out is just to put it on skip mode or will you watch it become evening and then night and then day and then evening and then night and then day and her sprite fucking decays in front of you that was something else if i were to um dock points for something there is exactly one jump type scare in this and i think the game is better than that yeah it does do that once or twice I think I think it does it more than more than once, but I, I, I think there's I think there's some mild routing in what happens with the crazy shit half of this. Yes, so I don't think you like always that one, get everything. Where, where, where Datsuki's you know fucking like neck becomes a right angle for a couple of seconds. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. And I don't know. I guess everything else works more of just a pervasive sense of wrongness, and I was more impressed by that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Just. Again, I Morgan was, you know, there in the room or sometimes in the other room while I was playing this game. And I kept, you know, sort of terrifiedly laughing at her. <laughs> just the words, everything is fucked now. <laughs> uh, I love the style of, like, the text that Monica imposes over other people's dialogue when she's... Oh, yeah, just when she forcibly rewrites the characters. But I... <laughs> I sort of like the the idea that, you know, her rewriting of the characters is this being as meta as it is, right? You know, she does not seem to have complete control over these characters and their destiny. Like, she'll tweak something and that will thing cause things to go wrong in a different direction that she did not immediately suspect, right? Mm. You know, she she wanted Sayori to you know like feel bad about uh, feel bad about having feelings for her uh, for you right so that she wouldn't anymore but that just made her fucking suicidal or she tried to make like yuri a little discomfitting and said she dialed her past yandere into someone that fights batman <laughs> <laughs> and, and then towards the end she's oh, okay okay how about Everything else is a distraction at this point. It doesn't matter. It's not real. And then you're just sort of sitting there in that room with her as she fucking stares through your soul. Looking not at the player, but at you. If you go to certain stores and certain boardwalks across America, you can find shirts that just look like a glitched out Monica. They are official <laughs> merchandise, and they just say delete. I fucking love it. It is so good. <laughs> That's that is the only shirt of a high school anime girl that you can convince me to purchase. Wait, do you have that shirt? Yes, because it is fucking yes, you do golden. I couldn't leave without that thing. I kind of want to hang it up. It's just because <laughs> that shirt is a story. This game is a story, and I'm really glad you got as much out of. It and I'm glad that I am the type of person who can appreciate this sort of humor. I'm, I'm going to definitely say that this game is not for everyone. <laughs> like, if you don't find this as entertaining as I do, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There is wind-up in this game. There's two hours of normal dating simulator. Just, uh, stick with it. Stick with it. If you enjoyed Gravity Falls at all. <laughs> And you just want sort of like an R-rated version of a Gravity Falls episode. Like I said, this is I Eat Kids slash, you know, Jiffany for seven hours. By the way, I know they are very different emotional register, tone, porn versus horror, etc. Mm -hmm. But originally, I would have called Katawa Shoujo. 
something that could only happen once, just like a random American developer taking this one thing and just turning it into something else. But Doki Doki Literature Club really is a project almost in the same spirit. I don't even know if Katawa Shoho could be thought of as too amazingly subversive. It's just, it's got a sort of interesting little twist on it, perhaps, but it is them just doing the fucking thing and just doing it so goddamn well that, you know, you, it almost feels miraculous. Whereas Doki Doki Literature Club is, um, yes, it is quite subversive. The, the, I think that's the least that I can refer to it as. It is definitely subversive. McCarthy has a list of Doki Doki Literature Club fans. <laughs> These are dangerous people that need to be brought in and questioned. Oh, God. Like I said, I knew that I was going to run out of things to say about this game pretty quickly, as it is um way the fuck shorter, right, than um than Katawa Show is. Katawa Show is something like 40 hours long if you play through all the routes. This is... Seven. It is uh it is one story. It is just one execution of one very, very good joke. Yeah, this is a, a bullet of a thing. Um there's just two specific things I wanted to bring up. Yeah, go for it. The first is that my favorite visual gag is just the real eyes it starts putting on characters. Oh the real uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't know <laughs> how integrated the idea of the fucking dinner plate moe eyes are into your consumption of this until they're replaced with just bloodshot reality at random intervals <laughs> it's it's pretty great it's discomfitting god i started loving those fucking poems yeah all the poems after reality shits the bed are fucking amazing the fucking computer jargon poem that natsuki i think gives you yep <laughs> Or just the special poem that you find. <laughs> and it's just a crayon drawing of Sayori, you know, having done a thing to herself. It's, it's a charmer. It's a charmer, Sam. We, we love how charming it is. The other thing I want to note is that this thing has a big following, as, as does the Katawa. And, you know, naturally, they both have their share of fan works. To my understanding, for Doki Doki, there are one or two fan works and... Not to judge anyone, but the concept is taking these characters from Doki Doki and, okay, how would their happy VN novel lives go? That's not the point. If that is your acts of engagement with this, you are weak. And I was kidding. I am judging you. Your soul is weak. <laughs> your spirit is weak. Fuck it. I am your Republican dad. You are weak. <laughs> and you need to find some salt and put it in your spirit. <laughs> you hear me? Take 25 cc's of toxic masculinity and inject it directly into yourself. <laughs> or don't, because I... evidently that leads to grooming. <laughs> I don't know, man. People just, just just keep fucking doing it. Oh, man, Denard, I was... It was bad, man. I was at work today, and I accidentally groomed a couple people. Oh, dude, dude, I was trying to, like, clean up my room, and then looked in the corner, and I realized I'd been grooming someone the entire Like, shit, shit, it just happened, oh, and you're not paying me. fucking attention. No, stop having sex with my wife. I didn't, I didn't mean to tell you to do that. Oh, shucks, well, you know how it is. I just said have to, to post a half-hearted apology on Twitter. Man, Ugh. fucking Joey Ryan. 
Fucking Marty's scroll. God damn. Did I tell you I went to an event Joy Ryan organized? Yes. And it was, yes, it, was did. it had all this great stuff like these Japanese wrestlers flew in. Johnny fucking Mundo slash Morrison was there. And it was called Joey Ryan's Penis Party. And Yeah, how about that? <laughs> you just feel dumb saying, where were the signs? It's... So evidently the least degenerate thing I'm into... This has been a discussion of anime dating sims. Zero groomers involved. Not not a single one of them. On Weeaboo Hell. It's Weeaboo Hell. It's Weeaboo Hell. Stop having sex with 15-year-olds. It's so easy. You just don't do it. Dude, I'm a clumsy dude. Like, I have literally fallen down two flights of stairs in the old days. Like, I was 17 when it happened. And you should be pretty ambulatory by then. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, Never, though, never tripped and fell into, there, you know, illegal yeah, vagina. Just, I don't think that there was a 15-year-old at the bottom of those stairs. Yeah, just it just never, never fucking happens. That's just never a thing that happens. Because it's so easy to not have sex with a 15-year-old. Frankly... You don't have the same pop culture reference pool. I think there's a significant effort involved. I feel like it's hard. Yeah. You're going to have to learn to use I've never tried TikTok. doing it, obviously. But I feel like it's difficult to do. Like, are you up on all the latest fucking Snapchat filters? Because I'm fucking up because I'm not trying to fuck 15 year old. <laughs> <laughs> people, okay. people have a way of disappointing you. <laughs> fucking Joey Ryan. Yeah, they... Oh, fucking Will Ospreay. He's like, it's not like, I don't, do I feel betrayed by Will Ospreay so much? No, I, don't, I more feel just disappointed by him. Like, you, you his thing is a particularly disappointing that. one because, okay, so he didn't do the thing. He had covered for a guy that did the thing, right? Yeah. And I think it's a human, I think it's a mental sorting thing, right? Because when someone who does the thing, you kind of just put them in a pocket of humanity that is just the dark tribe. They are not of our. They are not of our blood in a way, right? Mm-hmm. You are outside the fucking human family. When it's someone who just like covers for one of these fucking people, that feels like a fucking traitor in the family of humanity. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's a good way of putting it. Just like you feel so much more. I feel so much more betrayed, right, by Will Ospreay than I do by Marty Scroll. Yeah, because, like... Right? Marty Scroll's like, oh, okay, so you were always just a piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, like, Fine, they, whatever. They, Fuck they, you. That has, like, the the distancing effect of, like, extremity, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, with Will Ospreay, it's just like, God damn it, I believed in you. Yeah, yeah. Like, you were a superhero, man. <laughs> 